Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Uh. Till the morning we dream so long. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, we are back, and we are back to the start off the 2021-2022 season because no offseason in PGA Tour golf, which is a beautiful thing. The fall swing, which used to just be Corn Ferry grads and a couple other guys. We actually got some names coming out here this year, so that'll be kind of fun as well. Uh, you can check myself out on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Always Press DFS, and my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well. How are you today? Not too bad, not too bad. It's a little different on a Tuesday, but honestly, I don't mind it. So uh, with let some stuff sneak, uh, sink in a little bit there, get the model kind of tweaked around a little bit, and uh, kind of catch our breath on the whole scenario. But I guess just quickly, quick thoughts. How'd you like the playoffs? Um, I, I, I just I wasn't that into them. Yeah, not gonna lie. Uh, I was playing a lot of golf myself, and so I just it was hard to get into. Um, obviously can't like going back to back as impressive did you, you I'm, I'm assuming you saw where he won the player of the year player of the year yeah over rom are you good with that uh i mean you know whatever it, what does it matter it doesn't you know yeah. but yeah i mean uh was he the player of the year did he for the last two weeks yeah i mean he was the best player the last two weeks even though rom actually i guess beat him in strokes yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, if Rom, it's, it's, it's the whole story of Rom wins Memorial, then he's number one in FedEx points. He wins the whole freaking thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah. uh, and then of course there was the 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 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year too. He's not even not even a member. Um, in uh, Will yeah. Zalatoris, I mean, it's just whatever. You know, I mean, it gives a shit really in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, postseason um, awards, fun stuff, right? Uh, did you did you see the quotes from Brooks Kepka today? Yeah, that was. Uh, I know Brooks isn't the most like raw raw guy in the world. I, like we all knew that kind of, but uh, hearing those quotes is not the most supporting thing for a team event. I'll say that much. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of selfish, um, but it seems like he's pretty self centered to begin with. Yeah, so. I'm not surprised by that at all with right. Brooks Kepka. <laughs> right. Yeah. He lives in his little bubble, and he's cool with that. And he said that, basically. He's like, I live in my little world, right. and I, I go win my match. I don't care about waiting around and seeing what you do type thing. But sorry, that's the Ryder Cup, bud. That's part of the deal. Like, it's, let's go. It's also probably why we've lost seven of nine, you know. Yeah. Like, those guys across the pond give a shit a lot. They're all know, friends. They the all, like, in, yeah, because I know we kind of hinted at it the last time I recorded. It's been a while, but uh, I heard I listened to the kids' interview on um, Foreplay. Did you listen to that at all? I haven't heard it, no. Okay, A, it's an amazing interview because he's hungover from that W he had, and he's sitting there drinking a bottle of wine with them, and he's just one of the dudes. And so first off, like he talks about designing his own golf course and what rules to make. And what, like He said, drive the damn cart all the way up to the green. I don't care. Just don't drive on the green. Like It's like he just goes on these whole – like there should be no out of bounds, all these different things. But he said for the Ryder Cup, two most important things. You need to be a good putter, and they don't care about that. He's all, that's like – he's all, there's a lot of guys better than me. I get it, but I could output. 80% of that team. And he's all, that's more important in a match play event, knowing just even in the back of your opponent's head, he's going to make this putt. Like yeah. that, that, that's a, a whole different game. Makes sense. Second, though, he said, what Team USA needs to do to get anywhere close to what the Europeans have 
is instead of this raw raw like we saw the video that came out, they all met at whistling straits and did stuff. He said instead of all that garbage, let us go away for a weekend wherever we want with no cameras, nothing, and all the booze we want, and let us go have a good time to get to know each other and yeah. tell me how it goes after that. I could see that. that <laughs> makes all, sense. He's all get all the hoof, the raw raw crap out of there. Get all the the media. Get all the sponsors. Just us. Let us go do something. And he's like, you'll be surprised. We either come out hating each other or we're gonna be one of the best teams you'll ever see. So, and he's all, if we hate each other, then you know to make some changes right now. Like it's that, it's that simple. So, I don't I'm know. with you. Yeah. So we could, we could go on and on about that for days, but it's just a yeah. Kind of talk It'll be up the Twitter world today. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I hope USA wins, but uh, man, those Euros, man, they just know how to do it. They know how to do it well. And it's hard enough to like Poulter. I love that freaking guy. So it's going to be very, very interesting. But we'll talk more about that uh, next week potentially and see where that goes. But this week, like I said, we're kicking off the 2021 22 season already at the Fortnite. I call it Fortnite. It's the Fortnite or Fortnite. Uh, it's basically <laughs> a cyber security company, and it makes sense because they're close to Silicon Valley. It's the old Safeway. Let's just get real with it. This is what the first thing I saw though too when I saw it like Fortnite Championship. Yeah, it's like it's it's the old Safeway. Let's just get with it here. It's that Silverado Country Club. We've seen this dance. We've seen it many times, but pretty good field. What do you got for some past event history here? Yeah. So uh, last year, Stewie Sink champion 21 under two shots over harry higgs 2019 edition uh cameron champ won 17 under one shot over adam hadwin kevin tway a name we have not mentioned in a long time uh 14 under playoff over uh ryan moore and brant snedeker uh steel went back to back in 16 and 17 um he won uh in 17 over two shots over female uh in 16 one shot over kazire and then Grio has won this in the past Sangmu Bay, Jimmy Walker. Yeah, the who's who's of golf is what it sounds like. Um, but th- there are some bigger names. The Stew Goat thing was awesome last year because that's when he had his son caddying for him. And it's like he'd been playing okay golf, but he just went like – he went crazy on this event. So that was fun to watch. We were kind of like waiting for him to fall apart, and he just kept getting the job done, shooting like 21 under, under which is nuts to think of for Stew Goat. But he kind of carried that all through the year, so that was fun to see. The Cam Champ one was when his uh, grandfather passed away, like a day after or something like that. So, some pretty crazy stuff there. But this course, the Silverado Country Club, as we talked about, it's one of the few courses on tour I've gotten to play, which is uh, is saying a lot actually. But it's um, it's an easy course for the pros. Let's put it that way. For me, not so easy. For the pros, it's easy. It's a par seventy two, around seventy one hundred yards, give or take. They try to move the tee boxes back and forth, but. There's not a whole lot of places to move them on a lot of these holes. It's just not going to happen. Um, Johnny Miller remodeled it uh, in the, I believe it was the 90s, early 2000s, and he tried to lengthen it out as best he could. And he did some. He changed the green complexes, added some bunkers out there to make it a little more challenging. But for the most part, these guys are going to bombs away at this place. Uh, the fairways are narrow compared to most normal golf courses, but the rough is not penal at all unless they want to make it penal. But right now, it's never really been an issue. The biggest issue that I found that got me in trouble because I'm an average golfer at best is most of the fairways are tree-lined. Now, not like thick, thick tree-lined, but there's trees all over the darn golf course. So if you are spraying a little bit, you might not get the exact shot you're looking for, let's just say, but these guys are also good enough to probably put it up there and at least say par on most of these holes. But We'll see how that goes. So if you guys are uh, accurate off the tee, they're going to have a big advantage. If they're long off the tee and accurate, they're going to have the best advantage, which pretty much goes for any golf course, but it works here. None of the par threes are over 200 yards. The par five, all four par fives are very, very gettable on this course. If you go look at uh, some of the the stats on this, um, the par five fifth, the 44% birdie rate 
in recent years. The par five ninth, a 36% birdie rate in recent years. And then the 16th has a 30, almost 38%. And the par five 18th, a 35% birdie rate. The last three holes, the 16, 17, or 18, are some of the most birdieable holes on the entire golf course, which could make some for some fun finishing when you think your guys got a comfortable leave, leave on, leave on, lead on Sunday if he's in the clubhouse early. Might not happen so much, so that'll be a fun one to watch as well. But overall, very very gettable. Um, what kind of stats you looking at this week, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, um, birdie or better for sure. I mean, it's, this is a birdie fest traditionally. It's a resort course um, up there in in, in Napa, uh, and then strokes getting off the tee. I think is important. A port, uh, a approach always, and then luck box putting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting will be very big here because the greens. If I remember right, they felt a little bigger than normal, but they're like super undulating and make them a little challenging in that respect. So you want to be on certain spots of the green if you can. I guess that'd be the biggest challenge on the course is you don't want to be left on certain spots and kind of screw yourself in the long run of things. So that's about the biggest defense that I found on this course is the greens can be a little tricky. Like you said, luck box putting comes into play so many times. But yeah, off the tee, uh, driving distance is is in play because if they can at least set it up decently, you'll be good to go. And then my normal normal ops gained, uh, birdie or better gained, and I got some fun opportunity gains. I, I, I dropped it in the fantasy DJ's Discord earlier. The guy that leads the field over the last twenty four rounds. We'll get to him a little later, but um, it stood out. Let's put it that way. Um, but uh, before we get into the DraftKings picks this week, talk about FanshareSports.com. Use promo code Always Press to get twenty percent off the package of your choice over at FanshareSports.com. They're doing more and more stuff over there, more and more content, more and more great tools. So go check them out. Just a couple things I searched for. You could do all kinds of different searches, but just current form, last six events, DraftKings scoring in this field, the highest DraftKings scores. And you got to take into account, like uh, John Rahm's not at the top because he played in tough fields where you're not scoring as many DraftKings points. Like Patrick Rogers, Adam Shank, Harold Varner, Varner, Mad McNeely, Roger Sloan are top five in the field, all averaging over 100 DK points in their last six events. And then uh, on courses, par 72 between 7,000 and 7,200 yards in the last uh, – handful of events. Rom does lead the way there, followed by Webb Simpson, Dylan Fratelli, Harry Higgs, and Dougie Gim are the only ones with six events in the top five there. So keep them in mind as well. All right, let's get going on this one. DK picks for the Fortnite Open. Let's start at the 10K and above range. You got John Rom at 12-1, Hideki at 11,000, Webb at 10-8, Zalatoris at 10-5 with all that new hardware. And Kevin Na at ten thousand. Jesse, what are you liking up here? I mean, it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard to completely fade Rom. And, and obviously, if you're, you know, if you're in three max, I'm probably putting him in at least one. Um, you know, if you're single entry, you know, obviously you can make a case to, to fade anybody. And if you're maxing some one fifty or something or even twenty, you know, I'm probably getting at least five or ten percent of John Rom and just making it work. However, I mean the the price is high. I think that will scare some people off, and he won't be as high owned as you might imagine, um, because that the, there's not a whole hell of a lot of value. And I mean, this is the the field gets super weak once we get past Webb Simpson. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Webb is next. I mean, I, I think Webb is playable. Seventeenth here in his last appearance, which was 2017. Um, 12th, 47th, 7th in his last three events. So two out of the last three, he's finished top 12. Obviously much tougher fields. Will Zalatoris, uh, Rookie of the Year, um, has not played here. A little bit better of late, uh, 29th at the Wyndham, 8th at the St. Jude. 
you know, he's he kind of coming home there at the end of the end of the year. I think maybe he was potentially a little bit um, tired and just his game wasn't all there. But and then Kevin not ten thousand man. I, I think Kevin is is very playable this week. Um, you know, miscut here in his last appearance, but thirty seven seventh seventh and second in his three appearances before that. Coming off the uh, uh, you know BMW where he played well, um, played well at the Tour Championship. Um, I think he would have won it if he didn't have to start at one under yeah, or whatever. He was he was out. He's the only reason why I think I cashed my single entry. So yeah, he was big. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a birdie machine. For some reason, Fantasy Labs has him finishing first, but obviously did not actually finish first. I think he finished third. I want to say he was he was up. Yeah, there. He was way up there, and he shot all four rounds in the sixties. Played really well. You know, before the BMW eighth and second. I mean, the guys just got it going right now so I, I you know obviously i think he's very playable i mean hideki's probably the only guy that i'm you know obviously the only guy i didn't mention um but per the usual i mean these are these are the by far the five best golfers in this yeah no i finished third at the tour championship 17th at bmw eighth at northern trust second at wyndham 23rd at the wgc st jude and second at the john deere and those are his last six events so not bad not bad at all uh, for me up here, I agree. Like you don't have to say much about John Rom. It's pretty simple. The dude's a freaking monster. If he's driving it accurate at all, he's going to destroy this golf course. Like on paper, there's a reason he's he's currently four to one odds. He was three to one eventually. So someone's not betting him, I guess, because the odds suck. Like why would you bet that? But um, DK has him at three point five to one. Okay, so he's three points. Yeah, it's minus one sixty five to top five. That's insane. That's absolutely. I'd almost, I'd almost take the no top five because I'd love to see what that uh, plus number is. But um, he's he's so good. Like it's one of those we said so many times when DJ was on his heater and he go to play like you know the Heritage or something. It's like if he wants it, he's so far ahead of the rest of the field. Like he just is. I think Rom wants it. I'm kind of surprised he's playing actually with the Ryder Cup next week. He's the only one here that that is doing it. But he, we know he doesn't care about COVID protocols or anything. He's gotten kicked out of tournaments and come back and won. Like he got no Olympics Memorial, but then he wins the U S open. He don't give a shit. Like he's just going to go play golf. Cause that's what John Rom does. So um, by far and away, best in the field. He's a uh, second in off the tee fit uh, ninth in opportunities gain first and birdie or better third and par five scoring in the field. Like it's pretty simple. Um, I, I think a deck is always interesting because I don't think many are want to pay 11,000 for decky. His approach game is phenomenal. His wedge game is great. Decent off the tee. I can get him at some super low ownerships. I think a lot of will go to Webb at 10-8. So you can use Hideki as a pivot at 11,000 if you want to. I think Willie Z is going to be very popular as well, probably for good reasons, but I think he's going to be popular. So I like Kevin Na quite a bit with you as well. He's 12th in my model, 15th in approach over the last 24 rounds, first around the green, fourth birdie or better, uh, 13 from 125 to 150. I kind of picked that one because a lot of shots. It's going to be a wedge fest if these guys are doing it right. So um, he's just not long off the tee. So maybe with him I should go a little farther back. But um, at $10,000, I don't think many will play him. And you mentioned the form he's coming in with. I like it a lot. So for me, it's Rom and Na with uh, an eye on Hideki and that ownership. So I think it could be a nice pivot. If, if Simpson comes in chalky, which I could definitely see, I could see that being a nice little pivot or even a pivot off of Zalatoris. I think Zalatoris might be the highest owned in this range unless people want to go stars and scrub because Rom should be the player everyone wants. 9K range, you got Tringali at 97, Leishman 95, Si Wu at 93, Munoz 92, Varner 91, and Cam Champ at 9,000. Who you liking in this range? Start with Leishman at 95. Um, course history is good. 40, I'm, I'm sorry, third in 2019, 46th in 2014. 
three straight made cuts for him. I mean, not great finishes. He's kind of an up and down guy, but you know, I, I can see him just, I mean, it's, it's weird with Leishman. I mean, all of a sudden he'll just play well out of nowhere and whip everybody's ass. Munoz at 9,200, um, 33rd here, uh, in 2019 did miss the cut in 18, three straight made cuts for him all inside the top 30. Uh, and then came champ at 9,000, man. I mean, obviously the defending champion, uh, he, he didn't have a great year until the end when obviously he won the three M open and then finished 31st, the St. Jude 27th Northern trust and 66th, which is not great at the BMW, but either way, I mean, back on, uh, California soil because he's a California kid, correct? Isn't he? Yeah, from Sacramento California? area. He's not too not too far away. About a forty five minute drive, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, came champ at nine thousand, man. I mean, I I don't know how high owned he'll be. Uh, the the price seems high, but it seems high for pretty much everybody below Kevin Na to me. I mean, can Cam Tringali at ninety seven hundred? Like yeah. what? I, I you know, I, I mean, there's a few more names down here below, but. It starts to get really sketch here. <laughs> it, it's interesting to say the least. The one thing I'll say about Tringali at 9,700 um, when you come into this event, missed a cut here last year with 44th, 46th, 43rd missed cut. He's got some history. Not great history, but he's got history. But he played some really good golf last year. Um, and that, that's one thing I think he's got going for him. Great par five scorer. I'm not in love with him at all. I might have a couple of him in the 20 max, but we've seen him go low in Birdie Fest and do quite well in those events. So I think it's kind of interesting. And I think at 9,700, he'll kind of be like, ew, I don't want to, I'm not going to play him type thing. Leash is interesting just because, like you said, he's either hot or cold. And we've seen it all this year. Like weeks we want to be on him. He stinks. We don't want to be on him. He's great. It's always a mess. I've only got him playing here once in the, since 2017, and he finished third in 2020. So right. when he played here, he played great. And he yeah. should. He's, he's like way ahead in this field. So it's an interesting dilemma with, with Leash. But like you look at his stats, he's 124th on my model. He's got so like birdie or better. He's 131st over the last 24 rounds. Par five scoring. He's 135th in this field. Something's wrong with Leash. We know it. We've talked about it. But he could be a nice GPP flyer if you want to go that direction. But for me, like I like Munoz, especially in birdie fest. I think he's great. He's 16th in my model. Sixth in approach. Fourth in opportunities gained. Um, good wedge player as well. So Munoz at 92. He's the main guy I'm looking at here. The only other guy, Varner's 45th in my model. Doesn't rate out super great in the stats. But you look at past event history, 29th, 17th, 14th, 59th, 15th. So he's got three top 20s, four top 30s. I know he's 2100 bucks. So you need him higher than that now. But interesting angle there with Varner at 91. But not a ton to love in the 9K range, which is very weird to say on this show. But uh, you can make a few uh, points if you want. 8K range. You got Grio at 89, Hoffman 88. Both those guys could have easily been on the 9K range. Home at 87, McNeely 86, Reeve 85, Todd 84, Sneds at 83, Steven Yeager coming off the Corn Ferry Tour at 82, Mickelson at 81, Mito Pereira 8,000, and Gooch 8,000. What do you like in this range? Yeah, it's a, especially Yeager. Like, what, what are we doing pricing him there? I was um, surprised to see him priced. Like, I figured 7K, sure, but 8K range, interesting. I mean, he's started here twice, miscut and 30th back in 2018 and 17. I mean, he's been playing Corn Ferry. I don't know. <laughs> I got two guys I like in this range. I, I, otherwise, I think the range is very sketch. Um, Mav McNeely, 8,600. I talk about him just about every week. He's played here the last four years, miscut, 52nd, 63rd, 52nd. So not great, but has not missed a cut since the PGA Championship back in May. Um, has got a lot of top 20s. In between there, played the P- the BMW 63rd, not great, but before that was playing good. 
Um, he's a, he can attack par fives, hits at a mile. And then at 8,000 Pereira, um, off the corn Ferry tour as well. He, uh, has not played here ever, but, um, did play, you know, I have, I've, have a, quite a few starts kind of late in the season, especially like J- July, August, um, and made almost every cut, uh, finished, had a couple top five fin- or had a couple top 10 finishes, one top five finish. Um, so I, I like him quite a bit at 8,000 and, and I don't think I'm the only one. Um, it looks like he's going to be pretty high owned. So take that for what you like. Yeah, Mito will be very popular. It seems like I've heard his name a lot, and it makes sense because I think in this field, he's kind of priced down. Uh, you know, he's 11th in my model, 13th off the tee, 16th opportunity gained, really good uh, at, on the par threes that fit this course. Overall, just a really over, just balanced, good player at $8,000. So I think he's a very strong play. I'll go back to the top of the 8K range a bit with Grio and Hoffman. I like both of them a lot. Um, Grio's 20th in my model, Hoffman's second. I'm a big fan of both of them off the tee. They're sixth and seventh in opportunity gained in this field, fifth and 13th and birdie or better. Uh, good wedge players, especially Hoffman. Um, Griot's approach game plus the past champion here. I like Hoffman and Griot quite a bit. Like if you just want to skip the 9K range and go down to those two, big fan of that scenario. Like, like Matt McNeely as well, he's 15th. For me, really good par score, par three score and par five score, as you mentioned, which will benefit on this course. I think the par threes to me, like they're not super long with, with the way the green complexes are. That's kind of part of the, the between, like I said, the, the the approach on some of the greens, but the par threes might be like where you can kind of make or break a couple guys on this course. So McNeely at 15th is pretty uh, interesting for me. Mito I like, and then Gooch at uh, 8K also. In, in Birdie Fest, I'm, I'm a Gooch fan. He's ninth in approach right now in this field, um, 25th on par five scoring, 10th from 100, 125 out. His off the tee game could leave a little more to be desired, but – We've seen Gooch go super, super low, so he's intriguing to me at eighty at eight thousand dollars, seventy nine to seventy five. Jesse, we got Gim Perez, Sloan Hadwin, Lucas Herbert, CH three more, Stewart Straka, Higgs, Kazire, Pan, Fratelli, and Ryan Moore. So who you like in here? Is CH three in the field? Uh, everything I'm seeing is that shows him at seventy seven hundred dollars. Unless he's been taken out recently, I will check while you talk. Because uh, he's just he's not on Fantasy Lab, so I don't know. Uh, either way, so uh, at starting at the top, seventy nine hundred. Uh, Pat Perez, um, ninth here last year. Three straight missed cuts in his three appearances before that. Played really good, solid golf uh, late in the year. Sixteenth, um, thirtieth, and eleventh in his last three starts. Doug Gim, like you talked about, he's been playing very well. He did play here last year, finished fourteenth. Um, 31st at the uh, Northern Trust, a couple missed cuts before that, and then 18th, 32nd, 54th. Herbert at uh, 7,700 um, has never played here, uh, did play the St. Jude last, finished 36, a couple missed cuts before that. Uh, Harry Higgs, man, the guy who finished second last year to uh, to uh, Stugo. Um, did you find anything out about CH3? Is he in? Uh, he's in the DraftKings pool, so nothing says he's out, so I think he's in. So Harry Higgs, uh, second here last year, 23rd the year before that. Did not have a great year until the very end. 38th, 16th, 15th in his last three starts. That was after four straight missed cuts. Um, it, just a shit ton of missed cuts for him this past year, but he did finish well, uh, and he's back to a place, obviously, where he played well last year, so has some good memories there. And then Fratelli at, at 7,500, um, 7th and 25th in his two starts here, which was – 19 and 18 
you know, he he's very, very up and a lot of down, but um, 56th, miscut, miscut, fifth in his last four starts. So, you know, take that for what you what you like. But at 7,500, I mean, just the guys around him, that's where I'd rather go versus, you know, to like Brian Moore or C.T. Pan. I mean, Kazire yeah, so- might be playable a little bit too, but, I mean, he's yeah, he's probably going to be more chalky. Yeah, with you there. I do like Dougie Gim, 18th in my model, 10th off the tee, fifth of opportunities gained. His wedge plays very, very strong. So he's a, he's a scorer. We know that about Gim. I've rostered him many times where he goes in bogeys and he gets like three birdies in a row. He's tilting. I'll put you, I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. He's tilting, but when he gets going, he gets going really good. I think Patty Perez is quite interesting as well. 10th in approach, um, 6th in birdie or better, 1st in par 5 scoring in this field over the last 24 rounds, which stood out to me. as like, a, hmm. But and his, his approach game is outstanding in this field. So I think Pat Perez at 79 is quite interesting. Roger Sloan's a guy we've seen go really low in birdie fest, so he could be a, a kind of nice cheap pivot if you want. Uh, we got Hebert, Lucas Hebert. He's uh, another guy, really good par 5 score, decent wedge player, um, and driving distance not too shabby as well. So he could be a nice little tournament play at 77. Um, a couple other guys, though, like I always get sucked into Sepp Straka. I'm not sure I'm going to go there this week, but him and Harry Higgs, they're a lot alike to me. We've seen them go super low in events and also just completely implode in events. So they can both be kind of interesting tournament plays. Kaziah ranks third in my model, which is terrifying to me. Uh, sixth around the green, which shouldn't be an issue here, but eighth in proximity is is just uh, overall birdier betters and everything. Or He's like 15th to 25th like in every stat. So he just kind of sits there and wades. I guess that makes sense for 7500 bucks. So he, he's going to be in my lineups, but if he's, I, I think he is going to be chalky, like you said. He's been mentioned a lot already this week, and it's Tuesday afternoon. So that'll be quite interesting. Other than that, I don't have too much else in this seventy-five to seventy-nine hundred dollars range. Seven K to seventy-four hundred, Jesse. Who are you liking? Start at seventy-four hundred with uh, Aaron Rye. Uh, he's never played here, but has been playing um, over on the European Tour and has played really well. Fourteenth uh, at the BMW PJ, which was this past week. 26 at the St. Jude, which was over here, and then hasn't missed a cut since the PJ Championship back in May. Playing really solid golf. Taylor Pendrith at 7,400. Model likes him all right. Um, I think he's a Corn Ferry guy, has not played yep. here, but did have two straight top 15s on the PJ Tour, which were the Bar- Barracuda and Barbasol, which similar fields. Um, Lonto, man, at seventy three hundred. Uh, you know, he, he he had another guy who had just kind of a disappointing, you know, year last year. A guy who I always always have high hopes for. Um, he finished seventeenth here in two thousand nineteen, missed the cut in seventeen. You know, sixty fourth at the Northern Trust. Maybe you know a few weeks off, he can reset and figure some shit out. What about Kira Deck last week, dude? That's why I tweeted at you. I was like, out of nowhere, like, here comes Kira Deck. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, I played a lot of golf last weekend, um, so I, I like watched a little bit of it mostly kind of in the evening on, on replay, but I was rooting hard for me. Finished second. That 74 on, on Saturday just absolutely murdered him. Otherwise he, he shot 64, 68, 74 on Saturday and then 64 coming back on Sunday, which is really good. Um, but you know, obviously fell short. He played here last year and missed the cut. I hope, I mean, along with Lonto, you know, guys, as I just root for weekend week out, I hope he can turn it on here and figure it out. Uh, 7,200 Adam Sevenson, 41st here in 2018. Um, another guy coming off the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. Swafford at 7,200 has not missed a cut here um, in any start since 2014. He hasn't played every single year, but uh, and, and his finishes aren't necessarily great, but still making cuts. And this guy's 7,200 bucks. 
two straight top 20 finishes for him. Really, really solid for Hudson Swafford. Like him quite a bit at 7,200 bucks. Uh, Patrick Rogers, is it a Patrick Rogers week? You tell me. He does like this kind of setup. He likes California courses. So I think in this field, you can go Patrick Rogers week. Yes. I like it. And then last but not least for me, 7,000, uh, Alex Smalley. Um, yeah, he played the Wyndham Championship, finished 29th, 47th John Deere. So basically his last three PGA Tour starts has not missed a cut. I believe he's coming off the Corn Ferry Tour as well. Has not played here, but $77,000 right there at Stone Men. What about fucking Matt Kuchar at $7,000? How <laughs> the mighty have fallen. He's 111th in, in my model. 111th in my model. I mean, I'm not saying to play Matt Kuchar, yeah. but $7,000. The Jeez. mighty have fallen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. For me in this range, I have a lot of guys like in my top twenty to twenty-five here, which is terrifying, but makes sense as well because these weird fields like this, it kind of brings more people together. Overall talent, and there's no Euro Tour stats on here, which makes like you mentioned Aaron Rye. I know he's been playing better. He's one forty-second in my model, but it's got no other Euro Tour stats. So all we're using is is, is you know regular stuff. It's like WGCs and stuff like that. It won't be that great. But uh, guys that do check the box, that Pendrith is going to be an outstanding play. In this field, first off the tee, eighth in the opportunities gain, second in driving distance, sixth in par five scoring. We've seen him do it at like U.S. Opens, Barbasols, Barracudas. He crushed the Corn Ferry Tour, which is a birdie fest machine. So Pendrith at 74 is a very, very good play. Adam Shank, eighth in my model at 7,300 bucks. Um, really good birdie or better, 14th in driving distance, eighth in par five scoring. Could be a guy to go to. I like Joseph Bramlett, just won the Corn Ferry Tour. I believe he won the whole thing. Um, 21st in my model. He's third in driving distance here. Decent in opportunities gained and um, par five scoring. So I don't mind Bramlett. Griffin does look interesting. Lonto, he's 12th in par five scoring, second in par three scoring from 175 to 200. Maybe he clicks it. I could see it happening. Adam Svensson, I'm with you on him. He's fifth in my model, fourth in approach, third in opportunities gained, 10th in par five scoring. His wedge game's outstanding. He's fifth in 125 to 150. So if he can just be accurate off the tee, He's going to be really good because his driving distance isn't super long. He's like 100th in the field. But if he can uh, get it going, he can put up a lot of birdies, it looks like. I like the Hudson Swafford call. He um, finished the year very, very strong. So he's got the course history and the current form is pretty good. Um, fourth and um, off the tee, ninth or ninth in opportunities gained, eighth in birdie or better, and uh, 27th in driving distance. So Swafford at 72, I think I'll like a lot. And you're on him a ton, so that kind of makes me feel a little better there. Lebiota. Not too shabby there. Second in birdie or better. Tenth in par three scoring. Luke List. This could be interesting at seventy one hundred bucks. He's a, a driving. You know, he's a bomber off the tee. Really good birdie or better guy. Can he just get it together on his, with his irons? That's all. And can he putt? Can he putt? Luck box putting one hundred one. Luke List. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. So I think he's a fun guy. If you want to go for the birdie or better angle at seventy one hundred bucks, he's he's definitely in play there. You mentioned Patrick Rogers. I like him quite a bit this week. And then I. Th- think that'll about um take me out of this like you mentioned small he's not bad but i don't think i have the stats to to back it up there all right 6k range there's gonna be a lot of guys down here too and one of them i can't wait to talk about but uh what do you like down here start with uh cameron percy at 68 um three straight made cuts for him at this event 23rd 7th 26 so very good has not missed a cut since the he withdrew from the palmetto he did miss the cut the week before that at the charles schwab but Playing really solid golf, and at $6,800, it's an absolute steal, in my opinion. Sam Ryder, um, he's not – I mean, he's not had really I – mean, one year he had success here. Miscut, miscut, fourth miscut at this event. He's played the last four years. But he's one of those guys that reminds me of, like, Cam Champ. Um, 
just the way that he is off the tee and if he ever gets his putter going, um, he could, he could play really well. Uh, Jason Duffner, 29th here last year, two missed cuts before that had four straight made cuts on the PGA tour. So Jason Duffner potentially turning it around at $6,800. Another guy I like quite a bit, $6,600 Vincent Whaley. I think he's playable there. Um, Justin Sue at 6,400. Uh, he's coming off the, uh, um, Corn Ferry Tour as well. Nick Hardy's another guy at 6,200. Ventura, who was, I think he Monday qualified into this event at 6,100. So uh, he's made the cut both years, the last two years here, seventh last year. Uh, so just keep that in mind if you're all the way down at $6,100. Yeah, a couple guys for me here. It's going to be interesting. You mentioned Duff Daddy, seventh in my model. I wanted to talk about him because he's, he's uh, 16th off the tee. He's first in opportunities gained in this field. Um, he's fourth in par three scoring in this field and fourth from 125 to 150. So, yes, I'm with you on Duff Daddy and Cam Percy's. He's 10th in my model. First in approach, second in opportunities gained in this field, fourth from 100 to 125, 16th in par five scoring. So, I think that's two nice values there. Don't mind Sam Ryder. He's finished well here in the past. Um, he's, you know, ninth in birdie or better in this field. He can hit it a mile as well. So, he's intriguing at, uh, at 6,800 bucks. Bo Hogue, we know he's a birdie machine as well. He's intriguing at 6,800 bucks. And a couple other guys I like if you go farther down because it's, it's ugly down here, as you mentioned. So um, I think Mark Hubbard is a guy you can try to ride on a birdie fest. You know, a big-time iron player, par 5 scoring. He's 14th in the field. Um, so that could be a quite intriguing as well. Other than like Danny Lee at 64, we've seen him kind of hang around. Like he, It's almost like if I go down here, I kind of want the experienced guys than just throwing darts. But like some of these guys don't rate out too well because we don't have all their stats. But I like the Brandon Wu call. He tore up the Corn Ferry Tour. He's very intriguing at 6,400. So he, he's a guy, if you want to punt, I don't mind all the way down here. Kurt Kitayama has been a guy we've seen on the Euro Tour and over the PGA Tour and on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's been kind of everywhere. He's got some pedigree at 6,300. And then Tyler McCumber, he's 48th in my model. Nick Hardy's 34th. So both these guys at 6,200. But McCumber, um, big-time bomber, sixth in driving distance in this field. We know he can par five score at the best of them. So couple other angles if you want to go there, but I really would prefer not to be too far down in this range. All right, recapping things real quick. Jesse, 10K and above, who are you liking? I mean, it's Rom. Uh, it's hard to not play Rom. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to play Rom. I'm with you there. You said you'd have about 5 to 10% of him if you were multi-entering? At least, yeah. If yeah, I was, you know, 20 max or more, yeah. Okay. 9K range, who are you liking? Um, let's go with Munoz. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning too. You took Munoz, so I'll make it different here. Give me, uh, give me Tringali, but Munoz would be my number one as well. Eight K range. Go ahead and go with two. McNeely and, and Mito. I'm gonna go Grio and Hoffman. Love them both a lot this week. So hopefully that doesn't backfire, which it probably will. Seventy five to seventy nine hundred bucks. Who you like in here? Uh, I'll say per- Perez and uh, um, Higgs. I'm gonna go with uh, Patton Kazire. And uh, Dougie Gim, that's who I'll roll with. 7K to 7,400, who you liking? Um, I'm going to say Aaron Rye and Hudson Swafford. I like that Swafford call a lot. I'm going to go with Adam Shank and Adam Svensson, so the Adams here. But uh, I'm going to have way too many guys down in this lower range. Uh, 6K play, who you liking? Percy. Yeah, I'll go Duff. Duffner and Percy would be my main two. I'd agree with both of those, yes. Yeah, if you got to go lower, there's options we talked about, but 
Duffner and Percy, like anything can happen in golf, no doubt about it. I'd be shocked if they missed the cut. I really would be. Like I think I'm pretty. I feel I feel comfortable with those two guys, especially Duff Daddy, because even when he wasn't playing as good as he was towards the end, like you mentioned, he was still making cuts and contending way more often than he wasn't, and he was always free. So unlike some of these other guys down there, where it's like oh they finished plus twelve and the cut line was minus six, so <laughs> that kind of fun stuff. All right, the fun part of the show, Jesse. If you are building a cash game lineup, who are you starting out with? Ooh, cash would be rough this week. I'd say uh, Mito. Um, God. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. It's not that, right? at all. Um, I mean, you know, since you like Charlie Hoffman so well, I would put him on a cash team. Yep. And then, um, man, I mean, like, I think Pat Perez makes the cut. So That's fair. Yeah, I was kind of hanging in this rain. I was thinking like Grio Hoffman. I don't mind the Mito play. Like a Pat Perez is good. Yeah, I try to stay in the seven and eight K range as much as possible, like seventy five hundred above if possible. But if you're starting on a GPP lineup, Jesse, who are you starting out with? Yeah, I can do this a lot easier. Um, McNeely, Swafford, and Percy. I like that Swafford and Percy. That's going to be some good stuff there. Um, for me, I. <laughs> Rio and Hoffman. No, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to have way too much. It's going to, you guys will know how well my, my weekend's going real quickly in this tournament, but um, I will mix it up since you guys know I'm taking them. Let's go with some Adam Shank, Adam Svensson, and bring it back with some Kevin Naw. So we'll start out with that and see where that one goes because maybe I can squeeze in Grio and Hoffman and see how ugly the sixth player can be. Um, who's your pick to win this week? Um, have, have you checked out DK Sportsbook? No, I have not yet. Should I be checking out DK Sports? You should because, and so this past weekend I was in Indiana and uh, one of the guys I was with was like, hey, we can bet because we're in Indiana. So I got on DK Sportsbook and it like links it up with your DraftKings account. So if like you're in a state that has both, um, there you go. But the good thing about it is, and I don't know why we haven't been using this We've been stuck on stupid ass Bovada, which is well, terrible compared. I'm on it. I'm on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, so let's roll yeah. with that. So, I mean, right next to the winner, they have top five and top ten. Oh, son, bitch! <laughs> and you guys just and I, I can click a button up at the top there, top twenty. Top twenty. Look yeah. at this! All the yeah. things I love. Son oh, of a damn. bitch. Me and you, fucking, been dealing with that stupid ass <laughs> Bovada for whatever reason. Because we're I'm an idiot. That's why. Well, uh, it was me to begin with. I, I take full responsibility. Um, <laughs> So back to the the deal at hand here. Uh, I mean, obviously, Rom at three and a half to one. That's really hard to bet that he's minus. I can't. I just can't believe he's so minus to to that's top nuts. five. But it's by perspective, the next betting favorites Webb at fourteen to one. Top five is plus two eighty for for Webb. He's minus one sixty five. It's just wild to me. But I mean, if we want to take it some long shots, uh, you know, some guys who potentially could win. Um, I mean, Lonzo at eighty to one. I don't think is terrible. Harry Higgs obviously finished second here last year, ninety to one. Not terrible. Um, he's looking for Swafford. Yeah, one thirty to one on Swafford. It's not bad. Yeah, like Hoffman at thirty five, Munoz at forty five, Grio at fifty. Those have my attention for sure. Um, some other deep shots here. Oh man, you get to the, you get to that hundred real quick in this deal, yeah. <laughs> real freaking quick. That did not take long. Yeah. I think Bramlett at one hundred, he's going to bring it one of these. Like he's a birdie machine. So, so he he shot thirty on the backside. I don't know if you noticed in the um, Corn Ferry Tour Finals, oh, man. and the last 
four holes on that golf course. Yeah. So, well, five holes, 15, 16, 17, 18, 15, 16, 17, 18, four holes, 14, maybe 14. Yeah. 14 is included there. Anyways, the last fucking few holes are just insanely hard. Um, we played it three times. And of course, one of the guys was trying to drive the green on 18, which is he can, he, he's done it in the past, but, uh, of the three times that me and these two other guys played it this past weekend, um, I finished the hole three times. They finished the hole. One other guy finished the hole once. They just Didn't get up. X'd out, huh? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if you basically you can't hit it right, it just goes, you're in the water. And it, depending on the angle, you know, you might not even cross land where you're just reteeing, you know. So it's, but so yeah, it was, it's insanely impressive for him to shoot 30 on the backside at Victoria National. Um, I, I wanted to kind of mention him this week too, but, you know, I don't know how well that translates into Napa Valley. So I, I just know he's a birdie machine. It's not going yeah, to be as challenging. Sure. It's not going to be as challenging as Victoria national. That's for darn sure. Cause yeah. like literally if I just keep the ball out of the trees, I can play bogey or better on pretty much every hole there. So these guys literally there's a There's one hole. I forget the number. I want to say it's like 11 or 12. It's a slight dog leg par four, but it's, it's uphill. So it kind of makes distance, but it's not that long. Like these guys can get creative and it's like flat behind the greens. So they could just say, screw it and go for it. Like there's some angles for these guys to have out there. It could be quite interesting, but these two, these T 20 numbers are, are, are something. That's all I got to say. Like Bramwitz four to one Higgs is three and a half. Kazire's three Lantos three. Um, not the best of odds, but I still don't mind them for top 20. It's a lot better than Rom at three and a half to finish first. Right, so right. like Hubbard's five and a half. We've seen him do that many times. I'm just looking at some other. There was one that stood out. Cam Percy six and a half. I think that's a great number for a top twenty. I think that's phenomenal. Um, there was one other guy that stood out while you were talking there that I'm trying to find now. Uh, McNeely's. I know that's not McNeely. That's a different M. Danny Lee at nine to one. If he plays well, he can easily be up there. So I think that's an interesting. Brandon Wu at nine to one. You know, there, there's some interesting ones down here in these T20. I can have a lot more fun with this because it kind of opens up the field a little more to you. Yeah. So, and um, there's some longer guys, but you know, you're, you're probably playing with their money on this one, but like Chase Seifert's a guy we saw in recent years, like really go low. We've also seen him completely blow the cut. So he's 12 to one and Wyndham Clark's 14 to one. Those would be two kind of longer shot top twenties, but uh, not saying go and do it. Be interesting though, but all right. Final thoughts this week as we head on out to the Fortnite championship. <laughs> I don't. Good luck. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. Napa Valley. It's a great golf course. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. You get some evening coverage for you out there on the East Coast because it's out here in California. The weather's still pretty nice for now. Might get a little windy. That could make the course interesting as well. But overall, fun golf course, wide open. Hope you like your birdies. Have some fun out there. If you have any questions, hit us up in the Fantasy Degens Discord. If you're in the Slack chat and you forgot to give me your information, let me know. I'll send you the invite over there. Just cleaning up a few things over there. Uh, check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BDN Trick, the podcast at Always Press TFS. We'll be back with you guys next week. See ya. Oh,